0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
1: You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods. Hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beard. Let's get to it, New York. So plenty to talk about uh, on this uh, episode, a lot to get to. So let's begin with where the Knicks stand right now. So they come into this week tied for the fifth seed with the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, the Knicks erased a big lead on Friday to secure a comeback win over the Wizards in Washington, then returned home on Saturday and just obliterated the New Orleans Pelicans. And one of the more dominant performances we've seen from the Knicks all season, uh, Knicks' standout performances from Julius Randle. He had 46 points in the win on Friday, another big game on Saturday. R.J. Barrett had a pretty nice breakout game on Saturday against the Pelicans. He had 25 points in that blowout win, so... Two big wins. Knicks move to fifth in the standings, tied with the Brooklyn Nets. They're now uh, two and a half games up on the Miami Heat, who sit in that seventh spot, that dreaded first playing spot. The Knicks are trying to avoid. uh, The Heat have lost four straight. And now Cleveland, only two games back for the fourth spot. So a lot of good happening for the Knicks in terms of where the standings sit right now. Uh, just, Just talking about these wins, how impressive were these wins to you? Both very different, but very important for the Knicks. Yeah, incredibly
2: impressive. I think, you know, as you mentioned, you know, the Wizards game was a little bit more of a show that we can come back from a big deficit, show some heart, show some fight, um, and then... Saturday's game was just a start to finish, you know, put a foot on a throat and dominate an opponent. I mean, they completely outclassed uh, the Pelicans and, you know, and and after the game, you know, it's uh, similar to the way that the, the similar to the comments the Hawks made right before the all-star break yeah. eventually led to the firing of the coach was they outmuscled us. They were, we weren't ready for the physicality, you know, just basically things that, you know, just bow down to a team and say, you know, like we, you know, the, the Pelicans had a team meeting after the game, like, When you force multiple team meetings after teams, if you beat teams, that's when you know you're playing at a high level. The one, um, uh, you know, basically the the unifying thread through those two games was the dominant play of uh, Julius Randle, who continues to play at an incredibly high level. Um, You know, over his last six games, Randle's averaging 29.7 points, uh, four made three-pointers, just 1.8 turnovers while shooting over 50% from the floor, 40% from the arc, over 90% from the free throw line. Um, You know, not just, you know, not just putting the ball in the basket but doing so efficiently um yeah. finding open shooters, spraying the ball out to, to open shooters, um just incredibly efficient and effective on the offensive end and probably more importantly it has been his defensive effort intensity and uh you know just effectiveness on, on the defensive end of late put the clamps on Brandon Ingram, um the Pelicans leading score yeah. um you know just just really you know held him to 7 to 7 of 19 shooting um, and just, just just the the just the the just the verve and the energy and the effort and the just the intensity that he he has brought to the um to, to the defensive end of the floor has been remarkable. Um and if he can use that, that combination of size and skill to overpower uh, opponents on the offensive end and then dominate them defensively as well, um, that just, you know, that raises the Knicks ceiling just a little bit high. You know, we've talked about X factors. Would Mitch Robb stay healthy? Um, can can R.J. Barrett get back on track? But if R.J., if Julius Randle takes his game to another level defensively, um, that unlocks a different element of, of this Knicks team. And um, the one other thing I'll add from Saturday's game, which was really important, I thought, was, as you mentioned, a a breakout game from R.J. Barrett. The points were nice, um, but the seven assists, I I thought, were really good. Um, once he gets his, because he, he, we know he can get his foot into the paint. Um, that's the one skill um, that's translated, you know, basically since he came into the NBA, uh, can go left, can go right. Um, obviously better going to a strong hand to his left hand. Um, but a lot of times he'd four shots look to get fouled. Um, and that led to a, not only a low field goal percentage, but frustrated teammates who were standing in the corner wide open, you know, waving their arms seems like is doing a little bit better job focusing on on seeing the full floor um and and that's benefited the Knicks as well. So uh, sum it all up and uh you know the Knicks are the Knicks are rolling right now. And uh, you know, the fact that we talked about these two games and you know we, we haven't even mentioned Jalen Brunson's name yet mm-hmm. um goes to show you that uh that this team is playing well and that they're a good team. They're a deep team they're a scary team and they're a team to be taken seriously at the moment.
1: Absolutely. And you mentioned uh, how we talked about X factors and we don't talk about Julius Randle in part because he's almost like the constant. He's the control. Like, you know, pretty much night in and night out where you're going to get from him. And again, that for me to even say those words is kind of crazy to me, given where he was last season. Let me say that. I know I'm getting from Julius Randle every night. That was not the case last season. But this season, you, you kind of know, you know, he's going to kind of you know, he's going to answer the bell. You know, he's going to come out strong in the first quarter. And, you know, he's going to have a pretty good game most nights. I mean, even the nights where he doesn't shoot that great, he finds a way to kind of get his volume numbers. Like, um, he's had a, another phenomenal season. And what I see from this Knicks team is a team that really is becoming a team. Because when you mentioned the fact that we haven't mentioned Jalen Brunson, and he kind of had two of his worst games he's had in a while in a row in these two games. I don't know if maybe the layoff and the offside break kind of got him off his run. That's what it looks like to me a little bit. But the fact that they he had those games and the Knicks were still able to find other players to step up when they needed to. So in Washington, it was Julius Randle saying, all right, I will just double my output basically um, and, and just carry the team to this win. I mean, that first half, he was the only reason they were in the game. I mean, he was just the Knicks looked like they were going to get blown out and he just dominated the first half. As soon as Kyle Kuzma gave him the little sign, he was like, all right, you know, time to time to get going. And, and he just just was awesome. And then in this last game, Brunson again, sputtering a little bit, RJ Barrett can pick you up. And that's why I look at this team and I tweeted over the weekend, like this is a dangerous team for those five, those top four teams in Eastern Conference. This team has multiple bucket getters. This team is physical. Now this team is starting to defend at a high level. You mentioned how they just put the clamps on Brandon Ingram, and it was multiple guys. I mean, there were some plays where Quentin Grimes just, he wouldn't let him breathe. Like, I mean, and great, and Brandon Ingram has a big, has a big bag in terms of moves, and he's giving them everything. Grimes is all over him, Randall's all over him. RJ Barrett's defense improved in the last two games. When they're playing like that, and you got Mitchell Robinson behind you, it's, it's, it's going to be tough sledding for a lot of teams. So, the second half defensive performance against the Wizards was a masterclass. Porzingis had a huge first half, and it was just invisible the rest of the game. This game, uh, the way they locked up Brandon Ingram didn't get McCollum going. The Knicks are, are playing phenomenal basketball, but Julius Randle being that stabilizing piece right now, you just can't say enough about him. When you start to talk about, we know he's an all star. He already was named an all star this season. We always talk about comparing this season to the 2021 season where he was all NBA second team. In terms, the, the, the terms and the parameters are a little different regarding how other guys are playing, but I mean, we're we looking at another all NBA season from Julius Randle. At this point, it feels like he has to be on that list. I think
2: so. Um, I mean, it's, you can make a really strong case. Um, I thought one stat that, that I stumbled upon over the weekend. Really highlighted and, and the, the the turnaround that Randall and the Knicks have had from last season's disappointment to this season exceeding expectations. Um, Randall played 2,544 minutes last season. The Knicks were outscored by 164 points in in, in that time. This season, he's played 2,221 minutes. The Knicks have outscored their opponents plus 146. Um, that's basically a 300 point turnaround from from one year to the other. Um, A lot of it, you know, obviously um, Jalen Brunson gets a, 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 you know, is is a major factor um, in having a a solid point guard. Um, uh, The other thing to to keep in mind, um, Randall's playing a lot more minutes with Emmanuel quickly than he did last year. Those two were rarely on the floor together. um, Which is something Nick fans had called for. Um, We're seeing a lot more of that this season. Um, But the other thing is just Randall. Um, His, his, you know, his incredible, um, uh, you know, just we talked about him coming in prepared physically. Um, and I thought the, the, the really interesting thing is he's mentioned time and time again, um, the mental aspect, that his mental approach to the game, uh, how important that's been. And that's something that, um, you know, guys that, you know, that talk about sports for a living, um, you know, maybe don't understand or don't appreciate or it's, it's hard to express. It's hard to quantify and, you know, shooting percentage and field goal percentage, all that all right. other stuff um, is easier to to say and point out, um, but then you have a guy, you know, that this, you know, he's, he's talking about it and, and it's clearly uh, made a major impact on the way he's approached the game, the way he's handled games. Um, we see him do kind of that mini meditation uh, prior to games, that deep breathing. Yep. Um, So, yeah, major credit to Randall for bouncing back um, in a way that that most of us didn't assume he could. Um, He deserves a ton of credit for um, really, you know, taking his game to another uh, unexpected level. So kudos
1: to Randall. And this was also the return of Mitchell Robinson in these two games. What did you see from him in his performances in these next wins?
2: yeah i mean just the 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 fact that you know i th- i think it was plus 39 he's, he's in these last two games um yep. some of those lines um you know he's just the, the team is at its best um, when Mitch Rob is on the floor. as you know, Sims was a decent fill-in. Um, had some good moments, had some bad moments. Harden, Stein's played very well with the bench unit, um, and but but the team, you know, is fi- when a team is firing on all cylinders, it has Mitch Rob being able to finish at the rim, control the offensive boards, and protect the paint. Most importantly, um, and that's exactly what we've seen these last two nights. Um, you know, really just um, kind of the things that you would expect from Mitch Rob. Maybe you thought yep. he might show some rust. He hasn't shown any. Yet. Um, mm-hmm. Six of 11, um, uh, 10 of 11, uh, from the field. Um, expect him to, to make most of his shots. Um, so, so definitely. And, and as you mentioned, um, this team is legit. This team is scary. They're the only, you know, they're eighth in the, in the, in terms of record, the eighth best eighth eighth best record in the NBA, the seventh best net rating in the NBA. Like this is a full body of work and especially dating back to that nine man rotation, um, that Cleveland game, December 4th, first week of December, only two teams in the league have a better net rating than the, than the Knicks. Only four teams have more wins. So um, that's a large body of work. Um, And as you mentioned, if I'm one of those top teams, I do not want to see the Knicks in, in April.
1: Yeah, and you mentioned their net rating, uh, offensive rating, their seventh, uh, defensive rating, their 14th, and they've, they've been climbing. Like, this is not like a fluke. Like, the Knicks have been playing, especially in the offensive side of the ball, pretty well above average offensive basketball for most of the season, and that's what you kind of saw in these last few games. I mean, they, they can get whatever they want in that second half against Washington. Um, Randall obviously carried them in the first. And against New Orleans, I mean, they they just got whatever they wanted offensively. Like, they were getting good shot after good shot. And they seemed to just be very comfortable with the offense. They just seemed to kind of know where the shots are going to come from. It's rare to me, at least these last few games, where it felt like you saw somebody just force up a terrible one. It was actually, anytime it happened, it stood out so much. Like, Randall took, like, one really bad one in the Pelicans. I remember, I'm going, what the hell was that shot? But, like, (laughs) I hadn't said it all game because, like, they were just kind of it was like a perpetual motion, as, as Clyde Frazier would say. I mean, they're, they're really in tune with how they well, how they want to play. They have an identity, which I think is maybe one of the most important things an NBA team has to have. If you want to have success, you got to have something you can hang your hat on, something you're trying to do offensively. And the Knicks seem to know what they want to do offensively. They know they're going through their two top guns and running Randall and Brunson. They know RJ's at third score. He's going to try to get into the paint. They know they got a bunch of shooters they're going to try to get the ball to quickly, grimes those guys have their roles and now that everybody's comfortable in their role and they know what they're trying to do night in and night out they have a very good chance to win because they got talent and when i watch the next play sometimes you just watch a team and you can just see oh this is a good team you know when you're watching your team sometimes it's hard to like kind of take yourself out of just like obsessing over every little thing that's happening and what they're doing right and what they're doing wrong sometimes like i like to just kind of take a step back and just watch especially that pelicans game watching these two teams the pelicans didn't have Zion Williamson, but a team with talent, a team with guys that, you know, some Nick fans will clamor for. Like we had someone in our mailbag asking about Brandon Ingram. So these are, they don't got bums over there. I mean, the people wanted a CJ McCollum last season. So I'm watching these guys get just cooked by, by Randall, by Brunson, by RJ. And I'm like, they have a good team. Like this, this is a good team. The, the, the Pelicans are having major problems guarding them. So it, it, when you get down to the stretch as the season winds down, A lot to be excited about, but shout out to the whole team. And shout out to Mitch Robinson coming back double-double in his first two games. Again, no rust, came in, made an immediate impact on the glass. I know his his teammates also did a good job looking for him as well. Um, It's almost like they kind of knew we need to get him him going early. Don't make him kind of get feeling like he's not part of the offense. So good job all around uh, by, by the Knicks in these two wins.
2: Yeah, especially on Saturday night. And, you know, it was obviously the um, – they were honoring the 73 champs, the 50th anniversary. Yeah. And I just thought the best way to pay homage to that team was to play like that team. And that's kind yeah. of what we saw, you know, unselfish, um, giving up a good shot to get a great shot, you know, just defensively. It was just – that. that's kind of what you want to see,
1: and that and that's what we saw. Yeah, and we will talk about that, that, that ceremony because it was really awesome. But it was funny. I was a little – surprised how much it seemed like the Knicks, and maybe I was, maybe I'm naive. They, like, they seem to really care about, like, yeah. putting on that kind of performance in front of those guys in that game, knowing how special that night was. And because you know, 1973 was 50 years ago, we're so removed from that and so many of these players aren't from New York except for, I guess, popped in A lot of these guys don't have that connection to the Knicks um, franchise. I kind of didn't know how important this night would be for them and it clearly was. So, Praise to the guys for showing up the way they did. And I, I agree. I think they definitely did want to embody the spirit of that 72 team. And we will talk about that celebration a little bit.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?